It's mentally yours for melon and effect. A focus on your mental health, you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly podcast about all things mental health. We're actually more frequent than weekly at the moment because we're doing special coronavirus special episodes all about mental health in this pandemic because it's tough and weird and scary. Today it's Ellen. Yvette is not here today and we're going to be chatting to Charlie Hart who is the author of No Fear Gardening. He's a gardening expert. We're going to be talking to him about the mental health benefits of getting out in nature at the moment and also how growing our own food and veg can necessarily make a difference to our mental well-being, especially now that we're in lockdown and not able to go out and get easy items, etc. Charlie, welcome to Mentally Yours. Uh, I wanted to ask, first of all, about why, why we're talking about gardening today is because obviously we're in a coronavirus lockdown. Mental health is not great right now for everyone how can gardening help with our mental health i think there are really two ways in which gardening can help there's a sort of top level way um which is the fact that it is deeply rewarding to be doing something where you can make progress you know we all live in a world where mortgages take decades to pay off and 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 and, and at work and in business we have things to do that take an incredibly long time but in a garden you can go and achieve something relatively swiftly and so that's a top level reason. Of course, there's also the physical side, um, physical exercise. We know digging and so on and so forth. Um, they release endorphins and they make us feel better. So there's, there's that level. But then there's, I think, a more sort of profound level uh, in way, a way, ways in which gardening can help us. I, I covered this in a book I wrote a couple of years ago called Sky Meadows. Um, mm-hmm. But when my wife and I, we, we moved out to our, our, our house. We live in a little farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. And um, uh, we had three children at the time. And then Sibylla became pregnant with a fourth child. And um, as I say, we lived in the middle of nowhere, but Sibylla didn't have a driving license. Um, and in fact, that's a whole nother story. But it took 18 months to get one because of something called dyspraxia. And um, actually, I just lost my father and my mother got a terrible diagnosis just as we moved out here. And Sibylla had just lost her granny. So we, you know, it was a, it was a sort of it was it was it's one of those seasons. Yeah, I just threw myself into this crazy garden I'd spent six years building, and and I found that the garden taught me something really important about life. And what it taught me had to do with control and ideas of control. So fundamentally, um, we find in life that there are things we can can, can can control and there are other things that we, we can't control. And I think getting comfortable with where that line is, where the edge is between what we can control and what we can't control is, is mentally very helpful. And I think a garden is a great tutor in that regard because we might kid ourselves that we're in control of our gardens. But when you think of the millions and billions of, of, of microbes in the soil and the um, millions of species of plants and weed, I don't really call them weeds, they're quite like weeds, but anyway, all those other things uh, that, are, that are in one's garden, our, our level of control over it is actually relatively limited. Um, I'm not the sort of gardener who goes in for carpet bombing with slug pellets and, um, <laughs> and, and, and that sort of stuff. So 
So, and, and, and admittedly, my garden is, is on the larger side. It's always five acres threatening to fall into complete chaos at any moment. But I found that my garden did help me learn that difference between that which I can control and that which I can't control. And in fact, I even have a part of the garden that is dedicated to that theme. Um, uh, and I, again, I could talk about that if you, if you wanted me to. When you say, you know, you learn that things aren't always in your control, did you have any kind of gardening failures in the beginning? I've had lots of gardening failures, <laughs> lots and lots of gardening, and I've killed very many plants. So, um, so yes, I have. Um, and, and of course, some mistakes, something as with life, something mm. you can work at. So, uh, you know, I put a hedge in the wrong place. But luckily, with most deciduous hedging plants, they can be dug up and moved. Um, and that's one way around it. But but other things um, don't like being dug up and moved. And I've killed a fair few Daphnes, for example, by trying to move them. So so I think that, that, that there and, 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 and there's so many different ways to go about this. But so the central axis of this garden is an avenue. And mm-hmm. it's an avenue of cherry trees. And the avenue rolls out down into the valley that sits below us called the Peb Valley. And at the end of the avenue, the land falls dramatically away into the valley. So when you're standing at the, at the top of the avenue and looking along it, it feels as if the avenue itself is flowing into the sky. Mm-hmm. And all the rooms in this garden are arranged around and in some way related to that avenue. And the point where it feels like it's flowing into the sky, into the valley below, is I felt the point where it's almost as if the infinite sky and the finite land meet. Mm-hmm. And that's where I built a cairn, which is like the figurative altar in this garden, because it's at that point where the infinite and the finite meet. In other words, it's at that point where the things we can't control, the infinite, meets the things we can control, the finite. Mm. And, and so in a sense, the whole garden is anchored on that, on that principle of getting comfortable with where that edge is, where that edge is between what we can and can't control. So I just thought I had to say that because otherwise it might not have made as much sense. No, that does make more sense. It does. I'm also just very jealous because obviously I'm recording this in London in a tiny flat with no garden so the sound of your large garden is very envy inducing well I am I do know something I mean I just literally I thank god every morning when I wake up that that that, that I am incredibly fortunate to have Mm. this outside space but I coming back to mental health and how gardening helps I mean for me we used to live in London and Mm. I've I found living in a city very very challenging for me living in a city was a little bit like stepping into the untuned static of a television yeah and 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 for me so so with my various issues and then when my father died and the farm that I'd grown up on was sold you know I felt caged and so I I, I sort of felt like that before the caging had happened you know I felt like that anyway and in fact I still feel like that when I go to cities so I was desperate to get out into the countryside and, 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 and I still have that need, even now, even living in the countryside, I have to go out and, and touch it. And sometimes I have to do it five times a day or 10 times a day or 15 times a day to, to sort of function normally. Um, so I, I, I relate to that. And I, and, and I just I feel unbelievably fortunate that, 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 that I am in the countryside. And um, yeah, and I should, I should probably tweet and, and Instagram and 
everything else as much as I possibly can so that those who can, can share it. Helpful for all of us in our tiny flats. You mentioned that um, gardening helped you with your own anxiety. What was your experience of anxiety before you found gardening? So basically, when I say anxiety, I, I don't mean worry, which we mm-hmm. all have and, and is fairly standard and, and, you know, it's part of life. I mean that, <clears throat> that debilitating thing when your brain chemistry is such that you, you sort of feel that you're in mortal combat with a lion, a lion five or ten times a day. And, yeah. and, 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 and thankfully, mercifully for me, I haven't been in that place now for quite a long time, mm-hmm. but uh, but I but I was in that place, and and in fact it was it was worse worse not when my father uh, died, but in fact when he was incredibly ill, mm-hmm. and and I just and at that point I I was flawed. You know, there were days when I I couldn't get out of bed or or I forced myself out of bed, but it was it was very hard going, and and I over time I developed this 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 mechanism where essentially i could function outwardly as if everything was normal but inwardly it wasn't mm-hmm. and and it was i felt a bit like a machine in a sense but i just pushed on like that um for, for a period and 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 actually my my love affair with gardening um more or less coincided with my improving in that regard but it was before we built this slightly crazy garden in the countryside even when we were in Mm -hmm. london we had a a tiny garden and even a tiny garden in london made a huge amount of difference to me and that i was at work you know every day but quite frequently googling different varieties of rose and doing things like that that i shouldn't have been doing i should have been working and 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 i knew even then that, that that i was i was hooked but it took it took coming out here and building this garden for that to become a bit more serious if it is serious, that is <laughs> one tries. What is it about gardening that helped kind of soothe your mind? Is it the physical side of it? Is it being around nature? So, by the way, just before just before I, 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 I try and answer that again mm-hmm. in another way, um, it's quite interesting that there's a there was a study recently that 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 suggested that as humans we've got three cones in our eyes which enable us to see the primary colours. Mm-hmm. And specifically, the third cone enables us to see green. And it's, it's probably the case, because not all primates have three cones. Quite a lot of them have two. It's, it's apparently probably the case that that third cone came along when we started to farm. And in fact, that ability to see green enabled us to assess pasture. So it had an evolutionary use. But the, the reason I say that is I think that seeing green is, 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 is fundamentally important to us as a species. And it's and it and it's medicinal, but I think it probably has an evolutionary basis, uh, and and that that might be one evolution, but it probably has others. So 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 how did it help with me? Well, one of the things was when I started this garden, I was obviously grieving for my loss of my father, and and I just found that as the garden started to sort of come together on an incoming tide, my grief started to rescind on an ebbing one, mm-hmm. and more or less as the garden evolved and started to speak for itself in some way um my grief seemed to gently recede and and i had this this strange sense although and and i don't i don't mean this in a in 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 an odd or hocus pocus way at all but i i I had this sense that although my father died 
at some level, I, I was sharing this garden with him anyway. Mm-hmm. And o- almost as if that, that, that something so incidental as his no longer being there didn't trump and wasn't bigger than the precious relationship between a father and a son. And that in that way, I sort of had this sense of his pleasure at the garden I was building. And, and I found that very sustaining. But I, again, I don't mean it in, in a hocus-pocus way. I, I just meant, I mean that emotionally, I was able or felt able to share it with him, mm. even though he didn't happen to be there. Did your dad like gardening before he passed away? Well, my dad was a great countryman. So he loved mm-hmm. the countryside and, and he loved farming. He would have viewed the sort of gardening as that I do mm-hmm. as a sort of child's day. <laughs> you know, it was sort of farming for children, you know. So whilst he loved the outdoors yeah. and, and he loved he loved nature and the countryside, um, he didn't go in for sort of finickety gardening. Mm-hmm. Um, he did have some, he made some concessions. So he allowed huge beds of lavender outside the windows of our home so that in the summer you could throw open the windows and the scent would waft in. And, and he loved daffodils and he loved old and scented roses. But that was, oh, and the other thing he did, in, he did do himself and insisted on doing was um, pruning, which usually mm-hmm. involved sort of brutally <laughs> destroying plants in a very energetic manner. But, but, but that was it. He, 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 didn't, he wouldn't have gardened in the way that I gardened. Mm-hmm. He would have thought it was a bit funny and chuckled, I suspect. But it's nice that you can still kind of connect over the shared joy of like nature and green spaces, even if it's in different ways. Yes. And also the other thing I'd say is that, so I garden organically and, mm-hmm. um, uh, and, and he used to farm organically. And in fact, he was one of the first people, our farm, farm in Suffolk was one of the first farms that, that be, sort of was turned over to an organic system. And so, so we definitely, there is that link. And, and my garden is, is messy, it's unruly, but I love it. And, 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 I, and tidiness has a lot to answer for. I mean, you know, tidiness, there we go, we're touching on control again in a way. Mm-hmm. The need to keep everything tidy, the need to control your garden, mm-hmm. when actually all the fun is in letting it go a bit. And horticulture in Britain has come from a very regimented and disciplined place in the main. So you know, the Victorians didn't mess around, you know, um, lawns were very particular and things were managed extremely carefully. And, and I'm, I'm not critical of anyone who gardens like that, you know, there's mm-hmm. space for everyone. But, but in a way, it was a very regimented, very controlled place. And, and, and my garden isn't like that at all. Um, it's organic, it's messy. Um, actually, there are loads of benefits to having a messy garden when it comes to pest control and all sorts of other things. But again, that's a whole other conversation. But <laughs> But it's about getting comfortable with that line between what we can control, what we can't control, striving to control things that perhaps we don't need to, you know? And, mm. and, and, and I found that a huge psychological release. It almost gave me permission to be me. I think for beginners as well, there's definitely a fear of like, oh, I'm not doing this the right way, or it doesn't look the way it's supposed to. How do you kind of, yeah, how do you move past that fear? Oh, well, it's so important. And in fact, this book I've written is called No Fear Gardening. Yeah. And, 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 my, and my whole hope is that people will, will precisely move beyond that beginner's fear. Because the reality is 
that, 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 that for thousands of years, humans have been growing food because they had to, to eat. And so gardening is innate. It's in all of us. And all we really need to do is give ourselves permission, permission to have a go. And I really believe in being a have-a-go gardener. And, 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 and so often, new, new gardeners will consult Google or textbooks and just get terrified with all sorts of technicalities and, and then give up. And, and actually, yeah. you know, forget the textbooks. You know how to do this. You're a human, okay? Just pause, take a moment, listen to your instincts. And nine times out of ten, I guarantee you'll make the right call because it's what we do. We're humans. And, and we've gardened for a very long time. And mm-hmm. if you don't, if you occasionally make mistakes, I said at the beginning I've killed many plants. It's true, I have. If you occasionally, one in, you know, one in so many times, you'll make a mistake. Well, I can tell you something. You won't make that mistake again, right? <laughs> That's how you learn. I mean, one of, one of the reasons I wrote this book is because I was, I, was, I was talking to a friend and she said to me, I really wish I could do my garden, but I, I actually get someone else to do it because I'm so terrified I'm going to kill something. I said to her, what are you terrified of? It's your garden. Who's going to tell you off? I mean, we all kill things. That happens. But, 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 but I think it's almost that people, people need to be given permission to just have a go. And, yeah. and, 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 and if they can do that, they'll find that so many of these things are instinctive. Listen, growing things is easy. It hinges on three factors. Okay. Soil, light and water. Okay. So, 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 so light is what it is given any given position, unless you're growing in a container, for example, in a flat or on a balcony, in which case, actually, you can move the container around, which means you can follow the sun. But basically, light is what it is. Soil is more or less what it is. And there's tricks for enriching it and so on and so forth. We can talk about that. But, um, and, 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 and then water you can control, right? So you can control how much water, generally speaking, a plant gets. The other three things to think about. And, 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 and managing them is all gardening really is. And, 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 and in a sense, that's all you really need to know. Yeah, I think just you're right. Just getting over that fear of failure or like killing a plant and it not being a massive deal, I think is huge. You can just take it a little bit forward further and say to yourself, well, you know what? Salad doesn't need a huge root run, right? Mm-hmm. You, and actually you can grow salad in length of gut, old gutter. Um, salad doesn't need a huge root run. Um, and of all the salads, rocket is a very easy one, by the way. Um, but salad doesn't need a huge root run. Obviously, with a carrot, it's going to mm-hmm. go a little bit further down. So, you know, maybe choose the Wellington boot for that. <laughs> you know, I mean, but what I mean is, this is not complex. This is um, instinctive. It's natural. And I think people just need to pause and have the confidence to listen to their instincts. And they'll make the right decision. You know, they'll choose the Wellington boot for the carrot. Sounds crazy, but they will. What are some of the kind of easy fruit and veg food options that we could start growing at home if we're new to this? So the, I always say the easiest, easiest thing that, mm-hmm. that gives you the biggest sort of eating bang for the smallest gardening buck is mm-hmm. soft fruit. So that's okay. ras- raspberries, strawberries, um, and obviously, you know, apples, pears, plums, that sort of stuff, gooseberries. You know, it's just so, they're so easy. They're so uncomplicated. And um, so, and they yield such um, enjoyable eating. So, so I always say that, that in terms of fruit is, is, is a good place for beginners to start, definitely. Mm-hmm. But do you know what? Nothing's, nothing, nothing's off the table. Uh, you, know, take, you know, potatoes. 
um, they're beautiful little hen's egg-like things. And there's this sort of extraordinary magic trick. You put one in the ground and 15 weeks, you get 10 back. It's, yeah. it's not hard. Um, and you can grow potatoes in a bucket. Put one in a bucket with potatoes. Keep, you give them, put them in, give them good watering. Make sure that the bucket has holes in the bottom where you won't get any potatoes. Uh, and, um, and, 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 you know, grow potatoes. By the way, at times like this, if, if potatoes arrive from the supermarket and there's mm-hmm. a sort of, I mean, generally speaking, I would advise people to buy seed potatoes because they're less likely to have viruses and, and they're better quality and all the rest of it. But actually, if there's a mangy potato in the bottom of the sack and it's, and it's sprouted an eye, it's chitting, then, you know, stuff it in a bucket and you should get some potatoes. Um, t- tomatoes. People, I find new gardeners are terrified of tomatoes. And they think, you know, again, they look at Google, they look at all the literature and it, it, it's got all these technical terms that are so complicated and difficult to understand. Tomatoes, seeds want to grow. It's what they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll tell you a story. Um, uh, uh, last summer, I, I, I have a north facing or east north facing wall just outside the kitchen. And I suddenly realized there were a whole bunch of tomato plants growing in the gravel. And so that's strange. I definitely didn't plant any tomatoes. <laughs> I thought about it and I realized that the previous summer, our drains had blocked and some water had pooled over the gravel and the tomato plant seed had obviously come off a chopping board down the drain a year ago. And there they were growing away. By the way, they went, went on to fruit. And these That's are amazing. tomatoes. You know, I mean, the thing is that, that, that seeds want to grow and, mm. and don't be frightened. It's just instinctive. So I say, I say grow tomatoes. Of all the things I grow, they cause me almost as much pleasure as, as anything else. Um, Grow basil. Basil is a wonderfully easy herb to grow. You can start it now. And um, a basil and tomatoes go phenomenally well together, not just for, for salads, but, you know, in all sorts of guises. Um, and, um, and so, yeah, I, I, I don't think, I don't, I mean, you know, I, don't hold back on anything. I mean, even someone might say, well, asparagus is hard. Well, no, it's not hard. It just takes a bit of time. You've got to be a bit patient. It takes a couple of years. What are some of the kind of quick payoff things? Because I'm imagining if people are in lockdown, they quite want some results just to give them a bit of a lift in these hard times. Yeah, I agree. So mm. tomatoes would be totally possible if you got going on them now and yeah. you would have a crop this summer. And there's nothing Amazing. like taking a warm tomato off the vine in high summer. But even more straightforward, um, I really do... I. I even if you don't have any outside space, but you have a sunny windowsill, mm-hmm. I've said it, but I'll say it again, grow basil. Mm-hmm. Such a wonderful herb. I mean, what I do is, what we do is during the summer, we will, I cut big wands of basil. And one of the problems with supermarkets is you never quite get enough herbs in the little herb boxes. No. Well, not for, not for us anyway. I mean, you know, it wouldn't last even half a meal. But, but <laughs> you know, I cut wands of basil and I, I fry white fish in oil just with wands of basil, some salt, some pepper, that's it. And it's phenomenal. It's delicious. It's delightful. It's quick. It's easy. Um, you know, you'll have a crop of basil very soon. It's, it's, uh, and um, so I would say something like that. But, but, but salads are very easy. Salads, you know, they're very straightforward. And again, they crop quickly. So you get a, a nice quick hit. And, you can, and when, when eventually this wretched lockdown finishes and you can have your friends around for lunch, You'll be able to say those hallowed words. Yes, the salad is from the garden. If there's anyone listening who, like me, is in a flat, doesn't have access to a garden and is in lockdown for the foreseeable future, are there any things that we could do to get the benefits of gardening for our mental health indoors in a small space? 
okay. Well, other than growing something on your on your windowsill, yeah. um, I do believe. Um, I, I mean, I, I spend a lot of time reading. Okay, gardeners are jerry riggers. I've said, but they're also mm-hmm. planners. Okay, mm-hmm. they're planners, and I get a huge amount of pleasure from simply going through the seed catalogs. In mm-hmm. fact, in January, when it's a sort of natural lockdown because it's maybe hailing outside i live in east anglia we get cruel easterly winds and there are days when it's dark and you don't want to go outside what i do is i sit by the fire and i go through my seed catalogs and i derive a huge amount of pleasure from thinking about what i might grow Mm -hmm. and i would say and it gives me huge hope in those dark days of january when nothing else is going and i i struggle in january it's not my favorite time of year but I, i actually find going through gardening books going through seed catalogs and planning you know, it can give us so much hope. And so, so I, 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 this may sound like a very curious thing to say, but m- my father had a friend who was in a Russian gulag. He was arrested and put in a Russian gulag as a political, political dissident yeah. for 20 years, okay? In, 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 in isolation for 20 years. And the way he survived was that he built a castle in minute detail mm-hmm. in his mind. Okay. Yeah. And that's how he survived Gulag. Now, I am proposing that those who are in lockdown should build a garden. Build a garden. I spend 90% of my day building my garden in my mind. You could even draw it out, I guess. That could be quite therapeutic, just sketching it out. And you can plan it and you can make it and you can dream it. And, and use all those wonderful resources we have these days, you know, online, seed catalogs. But, I mean, you know, just or anyone who wants to garden, now is your moment to read all the gardening stuff. <laughs> Type basil in. Learn about the five different types of basil that you're going to grow, okay? Type, type, but then run that through the whole list of all the flowers you love and you most love, all the roses, the thousands of roses. I love looking at rose catalogs. What could be nicer? And I, I, so I say plan. I say plan and hope, build that garden. And then one day, build that garden. Yeah, and start with basil in the meantime, because that is, as you say, quite easy. <laughs> yeah, and start with basil in the meantime. And, you know, when you get caught, just push the boat out. This is what I say, break the rules. I mean, that's the other thing, gardening. You know, it's, gardening has got this appalling outbreak of expertitis. And mm-hmm. there's all this Latin names, you know, people call, say, people say galanthus. Why do they say galanthus? Call it a snowdrop and people will know what you're talking about. You know, hyacinth non scripta. No, it's a bluebell. People know what bluebells are. So, so, so just push all that to one side. These are plants. We all know them. Actually, most of your listeners will know way more plants than they think they do. And Mm. when the lockdown ends, they go around the garden centre, they'll see something, go, hang on a moment. Yeah, that is a foxglove, isn't it? Then they'll look at the label. Yes, it is a foxglove. People know more than they think. And, and this is an instinctive game. So, so, so I would, I would strongly recommend that they um, use this time to, to to plan, to dream, to sketch out, and to research and to read. I think my final question is just how are you doing with all of this? Obviously, the pandemic is stressful and scary, and you've got your garden, which is a great advantage. But how are you feeling mentally? So, um, thank you for asking. Um, um, I'm, I'm, we're good. We're good. Mm-hmm. Um, my garden has been a very faithful tutor, mm-hmm. and there are things we can do, things we can control, and other things we can't control. 
And life, I find, I try each day to be comfortable with that line. And I find it incredibly liberating as I get comfortable with, with where that line is. And it, and it, and it changes. It's in strange times like this. It can, it can change and it can move around. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we have our kids at home. So I'm, I'm much busier than I thought I would be. And we've mm-hmm. got a very little baby. So Sibylla is looking after baby and I'm doing all the food. And I can tell you, I mean, unbelievable. <laughs> My hands <laughs> are raw. Not from gardening, but from cooking and scrubbing. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, but I'm very, very fortunate because I, I'm trapped in a garden that I love and I've spent six years building and, and I, I'm able to go and, go and touch it and, and, and be in it. And, and so, so I am just phenomenally grateful. Uh, I'm lucky. Uh, and, 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 uh, you know, but, but we're fine. We're fine. Just that line, that line, that <laughs> you can, some things you can control, other things you can't control. And I, I think so often with mental health issues, or very often for me anyway, mm-hmm. it was, it's the struggle, the, 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 the struggle against whatever it is that's concerning you is, is so often nine tenths of the issue. I mean, one of yeah. the things I talk about in my book, in, in my book, Sky Meadows, which is mm-hmm. more about mental health issues, is, is, is basically what I learned to do with my own anxiety is I found that it was the battle against it, the raging battle against it that was causing me a lot of suffering, a lot of trouble. And I just developed this slightly odd thing. I decided to make it my friend. So when I start, when it, when I saw it coming along, I instead of trying to run away or barricade it out, I said, "You know what? I'm opening the door. Step over the threshold. Come in, sit down, have tea. Lovely to see you." And and I found fa- I found that very helpful. I found that very helpful. Um, and I sort of made it my friend. And again, I, I feel that gardening helped me mm. figure that one out somehow. And I think the kind of the good thing about obviously lockdown is not a good thing, but one benefit from it is that now is a time when we actually can go, okay, I should get into gardening or like I can make my garden a place that brings me like genuine joy and helps my mental health in that way. Totally. Listen, and and for those who have gardens, okay, it's, 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 it's your, it's, it's yours. Mm. No one's going to tell you off if you get something wrong. Um, It doesn't matter what, henry or bob or sally down the road thinks okay it's your space and 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 one of the lovely things about gardens is is there places where we can be ridiculous and get away with it i'm very like you know i mean i've got bits of my garden i call one part of my my garden the aisles you know i'm incredibly pompous and ridiculous about my garden but you know what it's my garden and (laughs) i'm gonna do what i want in it (laughs) you know um so yes i encourage people who've got gardens Use this time to plan, to dream, to take ownership of that garden uh, and, and, and to do all the reading and flicking through. It's amazing, the Internet, isn't it? You know, we, every single rose, every single everything, you can just sit there and flick through it. So, yeah, use it for all of that. And, and for those, you know, who haven't got gardens, maybe one day they will. And maybe, mm. you know, maybe, maybe that I would hope and pray that, that actually nature... And you don't have to own a garden. There's amazing communal gardens. There's amazing mm. allotments. There's all that sort of stuff. But I would hope that maybe people, maybe, do you know what? People recognize that in some very subtle but very important way, nature is God's medicine chest. And oh, it's yeah. there for them. It's there for them. And, 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 and maybe this crisis, if anything good could come of it, and it's a horrible thing, but if anything mm-hmm. good could come of it, 
it may be that people actually realize that there is that amazing resource and it's just lying just outside their doorstep. You know? Oh no, it's completely true. Each, each of our doorsteps. And, 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 and the fact that we can't go outside of the doorstep <laughs> now is appalling, but we know it's there. It's not going anywhere. The lockdown will end at some point. You know, yeah. the world will return to normal. And when it does, I, for one, intend to benefit even more than I have already from the wonder of creation that sits just outside my doorstep. So this is goodbye from mentally yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Okay, so that was brilliant. I feel oddly inspired to grow potatoes and tomatoes, despite, as I mentioned, not having a garden. I might do a window box. Um, it is strange because it, it is the fact that from lockdown, suddenly so many of us are massively appreciating nature. Like, I never thought, oh, I'll just go for a walk in the park. Like, ever. I <laughs> would just sit home and watch TV. And now that that's like a precious resource, is spending time outside. I appreciate it so much more. And just what Charlie was talking about with how easy it could be to grow tomatoes and potatoes and herbs and make all these delicious dishes, I feel genuinely inspired to do it. So I think this weekend, I'm going to go out and get some kind of container and start my own little window box and plan for the future of if one day I get to have a garden. Uh, and one day when lockdown ends, which will come, as he said. So thank you very much to Charlie for chatting with us. If you've been affected by any of the issues we've discussed today or you're struggling with your mental health in general, you can give Samaritans a ring on 116123. If you want to see more Mentally Yours, you can follow us on Twitter at MentallyYRS. We're also on Facebook. We have a group. It's just Mentally Yours. You can search it and it will come up. Chat to you soon.